0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Joel Bull podcast. My name is Tractor, and I am your host for today. Thanks to Kevin McLeod with his song Cantina Blues. It's available on www.incomtech.com and it's free. Today's podcast is going to take the form of a QA and a session. So a bunch of people have sent me messages and information about what they want to hear. So I'm going to answer those questions in turn. But to do that, I need to give you some context about me. I don't really like talking about me, but it's relevant to the questions that will be asked. So to give everyone that context, I have a military background. I've spent 12 years in the Australian Regular Army with postings all over Australia. From border operations, reconnaissance, supporting black helicopter operations in East Timor twice, and even a few years as an instructor at Kapuka, teaching drill, weapons, you name it, I taught it. Before I was in the Army, I was an Air Force Cadet, and I was also a staff member in the Air Force Cadets, parallel to my Army career, as a bit of a hobby, I suppose you'd call it, and I did that for nearly 20 years, Uh, so that that happened after I left the Army as well. I progressed to National Headquarters in the Air Force Cadets, where I delivered a lot of training, especially to new staff joining the organisation that knew nothing about the military. But I was also instrumental in the setup of the National Fieldcraft competition which is held annually at the Pukapunil military area. Since leaving the military I've had a lot of jobs and pastimes and I've been involved in a little bit in laser skirmish and some other things I've played paintball and I've been involved in GBB since before GBB was even a name. Back when it was a nerf style blaster that could also shoot gel balls so its primary purpose was to shoot soft darts. And the Chinese decided to put a few gel balls in there, and so you can fire them too. So the first question asked by one of our listeners um, is, what is my philosophy of Milsim? What do I mean when I say emulation, not simulation? So the thing I'm trying to get across here is if we simulate a soldier's experience in the army, there's going to be a lot of stuff nobody will ever want to do in a game that they're paying for. The day-to-day life of a barrack soldier is nothing like any movie I've ever watched, and I've lived that life. There is a routine and a sameness, and depending on your trade, you can either be doing exactly what you do in conflict, and I'll give this example. If you're a truck driver, there's always truck driving jobs to do, regardless of whether it's war or peace. Things need to get from A to B. However, if you're in artillery, then the only time you're going to fire that artillery gun is in a practice or exercise and the tax man always says how many rounds you get to fire in peace per year compare that to a battle and all of a sudden you're close to that gun 24 hours a day probably moving the gun from position to position time after and on another relevant example would be uh, an armed reconnaissance helicopter sure the pilots get to fly around a bit and shoot and do training they might shoot drones or targets But actually hunting the bad guys in battle is a very different story. Finally, infantry. Anyone that's ever been in the military can elaborate on this. You can't spend eight hours of your working day every day doing your wartime job as an infantier. There just isn't the resources. Commanders will think up ways to keep you occupied with physical activities like sport. But about two hours a day is the limit of the amount of personal training you can do without uh, having some sort of bad consequence. So, the other six hours of your workday needs to be filled in with other stuff. Um, and the military is really good at finding that other stuff, and it's never fun. It could be doing a technical inspection on a, a thing and going through a box, checking out a generator, servicing that. It, it could be sweeping somewhere. It, it's just stuff to keep you occupied so that we're not wasting the taxpayers' money on your wages. So if we put that in jail ball context, what I mean when I say emulate is the people running Ace and Predator will pick and choose most of the cool stuff, but there will be a little bit of the sucky stuff, so you get a greater appreciation for a soldier's life, without the PTSD and alcohol abuse. There will be certain parts of the game that seem boring or suck a bit, but at the end of the day, this isn't a quick weekend game. Um, this has to be more of a marathon than a sprint, and I'll elaborate more on this in a minute. So the next question I've got here is a bit of a double plugger, so I'm going to bang two questions together. And the question was, why do you want to run an event like EP? And the second question was, what are you hoping to get out of it? More on a personal level, but professionally as well, if you're happy to talk about it. Um, Well, to answer that, I I don't love talking about myself. I'm not a big self-explainer or self-promoter, but I'll give this a crack. So the reason I started with a bit of history earlier in the podcast is to give this question context. I had an absolute blast on a personal level running major activities with lots of complex moving parts and people behind the scenes. It gave me a lot of personal satisfaction seeing people enter one of these activities and come out the other side having learned something about themselves. An activity like EP will push people beyond their normal comfort zones and challenge them to do things that are not personally satisfying so that a team or faction can succeed. And to me, this is a key part of being a soldier, occasionally taking one for the team. And I don't mean like in a movie where a dude dives on a grenade here. It's the little things. Letting somebody else have an extra hour's sleep. Carrying your mate's pack because they're stuffed. Giving your mate a few lollies to perk them up. Making your mate have a laugh. This is all the great meat in the sandwich of this activity. So I hope with the above answer, what I want to get out of it personally is shown. I'll derive personal satisfaction from just running it. That leads to the professional aspect. I want to create a milsim here in Australia that is gold standard. But to do that, and run for several days, I need to start by crawling before I start walking. And walking before I start running. This EP is designed to be the first of many, but it is also relatively short so that we can learn a lot of the big lessons without running an expensive multiple-day activity and having great overheads. And we'll talk about some of those overheads in a minute. In terms of financial rewards, I don't actually want to make money or profit from this. this. This is more of a community event for this EP. I want to learn how to make a great activity and integrate GBB into it. I've run activities before that don't have that, so throwing civilians into the mix as opposed to trained soldiers and throwing GBB in are complications that I'm very keen to wrap my, um, wrap my fingers around and give a go at. It hasn't been done on this sort of scale in Australia that I know of. Sure, people have tried different things in Australia where, which are basically a modified game but this is going to be a slightly different level. In terms of profit, hey, we may even lose money, but every cent players spend on their ticket will go into the activity, not into anyone's pocket that's organising it, and a few people don't really understand that, so I'm going to break it down very quickly. Things like insurance, meals, radio, medical support, etc., where the ticket price is directed. And I'll break it down very roughly with round numbers, so I'm not going to talk $5.12 type stuff. So, ticket price is $150. 1st thing off the mark, government's going to take 15 of that in GST. Something I can't avoid because of the nature of things. So, that leaves us with $135. we have already arranged all the meals and the ration packs, so you're going to get... Everything included in terms of meals during Eastern Predator. There's $45 allocated for that. And for Tier 2, that's fresh meals. Tier 1, that's a ration pack that we've bought commercially off the shelf and a supplement. So that leaves us with $90 in the budget. $44 of that is going for renting the venue per person. That leaves us $46 out of that original $150. The radio system is costing us $7 per person. Um, annualized over the whole activity. That leaves um, $39. The vehicles and fuel for the activity we're budgeting on about $19 per person. And uh, then we've got PayPal and other fees we're budgeting on about $5, which leaves us with about $15 per person to play around with. So if we get the full attendance of 200 people, that's only $3,000 left over out of that budget and that's for all the out of pocket expenses that we haven't exceeded things like photocopying or paying for a bit of this or paying for a bit of that or paying for things that you just don't expect to pop up you'll also notice in the figures I've quoted above there's no mention of wages there no there's no mention of travel allowance there's no mention Of anything for any specific person to get money out of that ticket price that goes directly to a person. Sure, if that person goes and purchases something that's authorized to be part of Eastern Predator, they'll get that money back out of like a petty cash tin. Um, But that stuff is not going to be, oh, I decided to buy a loaf of bread and give it to everyone, I want my $4. It's going to be a very tight thing. Also not included in that price yet is anything for the forward operating base's defensive equipment. So things like a bale of sandbags and delivery of a couple of tonnes of sand. So I hope that that shows you where we plan the money to go so you can get an idea of the value that you're getting for the money that you put into the ticket. Um, Depending on how things go at the event, I may release a full... um, detailed budget on exactly what was spent and exactly where the money went just so people can go okay well this event actually cost 170 dollars per person or it actually cost 140 dollars per person so that we can go okay for a three-day activity if it costs us a hundred dollars for a 24-hour activity a three-day activity is going to be three times that or whatever else we're gonna we're gonna do that sort of stuff so that we can be as transparent as we can so the next question i was asked was what would you like to see in the future for milsim but also job more broadly what i would like to see milsim become is what it has become in airsoft in other countries it is a very specific style of play that people know what they're in for i want to inspire others to create similar activities of their own and learn from the mistakes that i make at eastern predator I want the game fields out there to be involved in Milsim-specific activities that are more than just normal games whilst wearing camouflage. In terms of for gel ball, I have aspirations of a national legal acceptance and people playing in a sportsman's-like manner all over the country. Sort of in the way that paintball did in the 80s and the 90s, I want to create a tidal wave of activity that legislators and government cannot ignore and they need to choose to be involved with, rather than try to ban. On a personal level, I want to see more blasters that are not a bloody M16 or an M4 variant. Maybe something like a FAMAS from France, or an XM8 from the games and stuff, or the M41A Pulse Rifle from the Aliens franchise. Obviously there's complexity, they're trying to get a license for that, but... How cool would it be doing an Aliens themed game where you're smashing away with an M41 Pulse Rifle? So, I just don't want more of the same old, same old. One day, I hope Airsoft will come to Australia, but have no illusions about how far away that is. And in the meantime, what I want us to do is let's do everything we can to prove as a community that GBB as a model is safe. And very similar to airsoft in its use in public hands. I think that if legislators, government and other organizations can see that 99.9% of GBB players are serious about it as a sport, as a hobby, as a pastime, something that they're willing to put money and time and effort into, that they will take us seriously. And the more uptake that we have of this, the better we are. We need to avoid some of the negative things that happen in the community and i've spoken at length to police about that and and we'll go back to the podcast on the police if you haven't heard any of that there are always bad apples in a crowd and here in queensland specifically the police get that and they want our help to stop those bad apples so what i ask from you is if you see somebody doing something silly with a gel ball gun stop them pull their heads in or Do whatever you can to stop that sort of stuff from happening. This last question I'm going to put in free form. So I'm I'm not going to sit here and write in details about what it is and do a lot of editing and stuff. I'm going to try and answer this in a very fluid way. So the question was, okay, I've never done a Milsim before. What is a day going to be like for me at Eastern Predator? so on the first day you're going to rock up you're going to do registration you're going to do all the things that you would normally do at any other game there's going to be paperwork um, and there's going to be an extra step where we need to get some medical information from you so our plan for that is we're going to get an id card printing machine you're going to walk up to somebody that's from the health industry and you're going to talk to them about what you want printed on that card they will print it directly to that card and no other record will exist, they will give you that card with all your medical information on it. You need to carry that card on you through Eastern Predator so that if we need to call an ambulance or whatever else, it's got things like your medications and stuff that you don't want other people to know, and it means we don't need to store that information so your privacy is assured. So from there, you will start being involved in the scenario, and the first step of that is... Just like a soldier, you will deploy from your home country or a staging position into Astana. And we'll do that by walking you through a border checkpoint. Um, because this is simulating a peacekeeping operation, this is not like deploying into a combat zone landing on Normandy Beach. You'll, you'll land at an airport in a country, notionally, and you will walk through a border checkpoint just like everyone else. Sure, you'll have a gun in your hands but there are cultural things that will, will be checked and you'll be made sure you're not carrying plant material and all that sort of stuff that would normally happen at a border. From there, you'll be directed to where your FOB is for your faction um, and depending on what vehicles exactly we get based on our budget, we will either drive you to that location or you'll hump it in. 99% chance you're going to hump it in, especially if you're Tier 1. So you'll get there and for the first few hours it's developed that position and the faction commanders may do some early reconnaissance work by sending some people out. So expect the first few hours to be settling into the game, getting used to how the game mechanics work. Once everyone's settled into the FOB, we will probably start moving into night routine. We'll um, have a dinner process where it's like 50% on, 50% off so 50% of people are guarding the FOB and the other 50% are eating and that's no different to nighttime time routine in the military you don't have everyone go to the chow hall at once, if you're on operations you stage that we'll then move into our first night and all the, all the things that you expect to happen in a night operation will happen there will be people going out on patrol with MVGs, there will be people sleeping, there will be people trying to gain your position, trying to find out information. So the game mechanics will really start that night. Over the period of the night, you will um, encounter various things throughout the game and that will lead to what happens next in the game. Once the night is over, we'll go into what's called day routine and all the normal things if you're in a platoon harbour, you'll send out clearing patrols, you'll do all that morning routine where you clean and do the triple S, as we used to call it, the show of shampoo. All of that stuff will happen. Cleaning of weapons will happen. All that normal military routine, and then we'll go into the day's activities. So some people will be sent via their radio. They'll be told, you need to go and do this thing or that thing by their faction commander or Zero Alpha. So you might be spend two or three hours at a vehicle checkpoint checking all the locals as they travel into the village of Redfall and obviously if you do a poor job of that or a good job of that that will affect how the game mechanics work so if the militia is able to get a vehicle through there that's got something hidden in it that will have repercussions in the game for example they might be able to blow up um, the power plant more easily or whatever else so in terms of jobs that might not be as much fun, they still have game importance. So there will be some recon type tasks. So a squad of, or a section of fact, uh, militia or whoever else will be sent to a location and said, observe everyone that goes from here to there and report back. Yep, that sort of stuff can be really fun or it can really suck. So that's something you need to prepare for. Once all that normal daytime activity comes, you might interact with the village of Redfall. You might encounter a normal battle with a section you come across. You might arrest some people. You might see some drugs. You might investigate some war crimes. There's a whole bunch of things that could be happening to you during that day, which you'll have to role play a little bit, but that's mainly for the leaders of the activities. The tier 2 players will be um, well deployed at this stage and they'll be part of the activity. The tier 1 guys will have been in play for quite a while. So this is where we sort of ramp up and we simulate the tier 2 guys being like that that second wave of troops because things have got more complex or they need a bit more support in Astana. And that's when the tactical situation will start to change. So... The rules about what you can and can't do the way you interact with certain people or characters that will all change and that will lead us on to night routine again and we'll go through the night and all the normal things will happen the next morning will be the sunday and that's when we get into what we'd call a culmination activity where everything that's happened over the weekend leads to one specific battle we'll have that battle and then that will end Eastern Predator on paper. From there, we'll do a quick pack-up and clean-up, and we'll move everyone back to the Tactical Operations Centre. Once everyone's back at the TOC, we'll we'll have an informal barbecue-type arrangement where everyone can sit around and talk about how good they were or how bad they were or how they got that guy. It's a really good chance to reminisce about the activity. And for those that are going to drive long distances, guess what? that's your chance to have a bloody shower and use the toilets and stuff that are at the top. and if you want i would rather that you crash the night there than crash during the night on the way home so there is the ability to stay that sunday night so you can really have a social activity after eastern predator and then have a good sleep. No tactical involvement in that. You can set up your hoochie or whatever in a big hoochie line, or you can set up a tent or you can camp with somebody else or you can set up a fada under some of the shelter we've got. Um, and that And that's where we have some fun talking about what went on. And for me, the important aspect of that is to hear what you've got to say about what to do next time. To tell me what we did really bad, what we did good, so that we can learn for the next one. We'll also have um, those people that were taking photos and video during the activity. They'll just check very quickly with people that don't like their photos taken for OPSEC reasons or they don't want to be on the internet or whatever else. They'll check very quickly that they haven't got video or photos of them and then that stuff will go out into the wild. From there, you need to watch the Predator forums to see what the wash-up is. Um, Hopefully, we'll create a couple of YouTube links to the various YouTube channels that cover it and that's it for eastern predator i hope this has answered all your questions i hope i haven't babbled on too long with this last one but i've I've tried to do it a bit more free time free form than having written a script anyway this has been the gel ball podcast i'm your host tractor and thank you for listening tune in next time for some more gel ball fun